0: Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God, and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. may be seated. So as I mentioned, today we begin our Life Group Sermon Series on the Reformation. For the next six weeks, we will examine parts of our lives which can be reformed by God's Word and, as a result, renewed. Today, we are talking about the conscience. A reformed conscience enjoys the freedom of Christ's imputed righteousness and the opportunity to serve others. Imputed righteousness sounds like a big, fancy theological word, and it is. But it simply means that we get credit for Christ's righteousness. You see, it's a great exchange. Our sin in exchange for Christ's righteousness.
1: Not only ourselves
0: as individuals need reforming, but the word of God is constantly reforming his church. The Reformation began 500 years ago and it has not ended. Individual Christians need to be reformed by the gospel. Our conscience needs to be reformed by the gospel. It needs to go from guilty to liberated. So October 31st, 1517 is often celebrated as the beginning of the Reformation. All Saints' Eve, or in other words, All Hallows' Eve. Halloween. Halloween. 1517, 500, almost 501 years ago. That is when a 34 year old monk named Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses against the sale of indulgences to the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. But the Reformation was bigger than one man and it was bigger than just one day. Everything was about to change, and Luther was not the only one troubled by a guilty conscience. The church of his day had taken up the task of offering forgiveness for a price, rather than forgiveness by God's grace for free. Indulgences were pieces of paper that declared by the church's authority through the Pope that they could remit sins, that they could forgive sins and declare to ease a guilty conscience and as a nice side effect to buy time out of purgatory in advance for those who are still alive and immediately for those who had already departed this life. The saying was, as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs. A clean Conscience for a price. But this didn't seem to make people like Martin Luther and many like him feel any better. It didn't really ease the guilty conscience at all. It was a false assurance. And before long, Luther's examination of the Bible led to his discovery that nothing the church was selling lined up with what Scripture was saying. No matter how hard Luther and many like him tried, Nothing could ease their guilty conscience. So, what in the world is a conscience anyway? Well, a conscience, strictly speaking, is the impulse to follow through on our convictions, whatever they may be. It's part of what it means to be a human being. So, it's important that we listen to our conscience because it's a gift from God. Literally, the word itself means with knowledge. And the understanding of conscience, especially during the time of the Reformation, doesn't 100% square with our Jiminy Cricket ideas about conscience. Your conscience is not a cricket who sits on your shoulder with an umbrella and to a top hat. Conscience is about the mind's determination to live by its convictions. Even though our conscience has been tainted by sin, it is still important that we listen to it. In fact, Luther once wrote, to act contrary to conscience is equivalent to acting contrary to faith and sinning grievously. But the church at the time of the Reformation was actually burdening the conscience where scripture did not. It wasn't enough that Jesus died for sinners, so they taught. That might get you to the ladder, but then it was up to you to climb by availing yourselves of the religious goods and services of the Roman Church. It declared that you must contribute to your own salvation in order to be certain that you are saved. This emphasis upon such things as good works, penance, and indulgences took the burden of certainty regarding salvation and put it squarely on the individual. And if the certainty about salvation is on the individual, then guess where it is not? In the cross of Christ. Despicable. If we truly ask ourselves, am I good enough? Am I giving enough? Am I obedient enough? Do I have enough faith? The answer is always no. And as a result of this no, our conscience becomes burdened. The only way to ease a guilty conscience when it comes to certainty about salvation is to look to Christ and not to ourselves. The certainty of our salvation is found in the objective promises found in God's Word. The certainty of our salvation is found in Christ Jesus. And that's a load off of our minds and a load off of our consciences. One of the big insights of the Reformation is certainly the rediscovery of the gospel, which had been obscured. The law had been dominating the church and the lives of the people, and in the world around us today, it still does. The law puts pressure on us. Pressure it demands us and accuses us. No wonder our consciences become so guilty the gospel on the other hand puts the pressure on God and he is certainly up to the task the gospel points to what God has done in Christ and continues to do in our lives the gospel points us to God's unconditional love for us and the gift of his son Jesus Christ the gospel points us to the cross the gospel not the law Saves us. So the certainty of our salvation is found in the gospel, the good news about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And the source of a relieved and reformed conscience is found only in Christ. The Christ that was being proclaimed by the Roman church in Luther's time was not actually the Christ of the Bible, it was a scary Jesus. It was a judging Jesus. It was an unapproachable Jesus. A demanding Jesus who expected us to earn his forgiveness. Why do you think the cult of Mary arose as it did? Jesus didn't want anything to do with you. You'd have to go to his mother to get him to like you. If that doesn't burden our consciences, I don't know what does. It certainly burdened Luther's conscience. But then, after a breakthrough, Luther was reformed and his conscience was reformed when he encountered the gospel, the good news of Jesus in the Bible. His conscience was was reformed when he encountered the Jesus who was present in the Bible. This Jesus was gracious, not judging. That Jesus came to us didn't wait for us to get our crap together to come to him. That Jesus who is found in the Bible comforts us and blesses us and frees us from our sins and thus frees us from a guilty conscience and a burdened conscience. That Jesus who is found in the Bible reforms our conscience. And it certainly reformed Luther's conscience to hear this news. In 1521, Luther stood trial before the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles V, at a meeting of the Imperial Government at Worms. Luther's reformed conscience gave him the boldness to stand up to the Pope and to Charles V, who was emperor of most of Europe at that time, the Holy Roman Empire. And only oh, got him excommunicated from the Church, and it made him an outlaw of the state. Punishable by death on sight by whomever found him. But at least his conscience was free. And there is nothing like a free conscience, a truly reformed conscience. No one can add new burdens to it. He declared such freedom in response to the question of whether or not he was going to recant his writings and teachings and save his skin Or rather, to remain in them and face the wrath of the church. He declared before the emperor and before God unless I am convinced by the testimony of the scriptures or by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the pope or in the councils alone, since it is well known that they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by the scriptures I have quoted. And my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and I will not recant anything. Since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. May God help me. Amen. Paul speaks to that free conscience. The reformed conscience in Galatians chapter 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore. And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Have you ever been burdened by a guilty conscience? See, lots of Germans nodding their heads. Lots of Catholic converts nodding their heads. Lots of Scandinavians. Every single person in here at some point has been burdened by a guilty conscience. And if you're not burdened by a guilty conscience, there is a diagnosis for you sociopath. (laughs) Have you ever felt sick to your stomach over something that you've done? Have you ever been weighed down by a yoke of slavery by the demands of the law? As My father-in-law likes to say, it's no yoking matter. (laughs) Hand that yoke over. Hand that guilt over to someone who will take it from you and take it for you. Hand it over to Jesus. Listen to Jesus who says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Hand over whatever is bugging you, And bugging your conscience. Hand it over to Jesus. He'll receive it from you. He'll relieve it from you. And he will give you his forgiveness and righteousness instead. And this will pave the way for each and every one of us to approach God with a clear conscience. The God who created the entire universe. Who took on flesh in the person of Christ. The God who is farther than the highest heavens and closer than your own skin. You can approach with confidence with a clean conscience. The letter to the Hebrews in chapter 10 verse 22 says, "Let us draw near to God with with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience." With that reformed conscience, you can move forward untethered from guilt. Because of Jesus, you are free. And that is the gospel of truth. We heard Jesus say in John chapter 8, verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so then what do we do with a free conscience, a reformed conscience? In a book titled Concerning Christian Liberty, Luther wrote in 1520, a Christian man is free, the most free Lord of all, subject to no one. The Christian man is also the most dutiful servant of all, subject to everyone. Because your vertical relationship with God has been completely taken care of from the top down, your conscience is clear, your salvation is established and secure, and you are free. You are now free to live out the fruit of the Spirit that God called you to live. Your horizontal Freedom enables you to truly love God by loving your neighbor as yourself. That's what a reformed conscience can do. That's what that imputed righteousness, the passive righteousness we receive from God can do. Nobody can burden us or accuse us as we live in this freedom of Christ's love, so do not let them. Rather, we are to love God by serving our neighbor. A reformed conscience is free and empowered to love God and serve our neighbor. If it is not free, we are simply serving ourselves, trying to save our own skin. This is what we call active righteousness, where our regenerated heart, filled with the Holy Spirit, performs love for the neighbor. This is what enables us to keep the greatest commandment, to love the Lord our God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and and to love our neighbor like ourselves. A free and reformed conscience is free and empowered to manifest the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what a reformed conscience enables us to do. The, Re- the Reformation rediscovered the gospel. And of course, the Christian church today on earth might deal with different issues than they did in the 16th century. We're not so concerned about indulgences and popes and councils and purgatory. But for us, the really deep issues have still not changed. Things like the free forgiveness of Christ for us through his death and resurrection the call to live a repentant life, the authority of God's holy word, the scriptures, and all that we believe and teach, the power of the gospel and the life of faith. The world around us and plenty of so-called preachers still love to pile up burden after burden after burden on your conscience. There is no shortage of law anywhere in our daily lives. What we ourselves need to hear Day in and day out is the same message that the rest of the world needs to hear. You are forgiven and free through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your guilt is removed from you as far as the east is from the west, and you are set free from the demands of the law so that you will be Jesus' very own, and that in being his very own, you might love your neighbor in word and deed. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said,